got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. <laughs> You make love to the right woman. Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw it's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know? Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your hosts, Leonard and Nick. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Think Tank podcast. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon. Nick, uh, how are you? Pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. Uh, what a great conversation we had with our next guest, uh, Sarah Poulin, mm-hmm. uh, up-and-coming comedian from the Auburn area. Yeah. And uh, soon to be, a, or has been, a radio co-host to Mark Turcott on WIGY oh, right. Radio. WIGY, yeah. right. Shout out to them. Uh, she's, a, she's got lots of talents. She's got lots of talents. She's mm-hmm. also uh, sung in bands. Mm-hmm. Um, she's Actually. acted in plays and who the hell knows what else. Okay. I'm sure she'll tell us during, <laughs> during the interview. But it's funny, uh, we were just thinking about the fact that our last two guests have been multi talented people, um, more so than us. Yeah, um, I know how to do IT stuff, and I know how to tell four or five jokes. Yeah. I'm not but, sure that counts as multi-talented. But that's not singing or playing an instrument or anything like that. I feel bad about myself now, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> that's why I'm here. No, it's just funny. I, I, we grew up playing sports. We grew up like going to school, getting good grades so we can play sports. And, yeah. Like we never once considered... I was a good wrestler. Does that count? No, I don't as a, think as it a does. Talent? That's not something you can do as an adult. Wait, you wait. You can wrestle as an adult. Yeah. I did judo. How about that? I did judo. Yeah. I was really good at judo. I guess. But I'm talking <laughs> about like stage talent. Oh uh, no, I don't have any stage talent. Sorry. Other than a little bit of comedy. <laughs> I mean, you do improv as well, but yeah, it's kind of funny just to think about mm-hmm. people that are multi-talented and, you- and getting nervous. When they do comedy. Yeah. Right. Because like... People who have performed on a stage before should never be nervous. Yeah, because I've comedy. seen people who, uh, who, are, who have done... Who are doing comedy maybe for the first time. Yeah. And I'll say to them, you seem like you've been on the stage before. And they'll go like, oh, yeah, but I'm crazy nervous. I've never done comedy. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, but that... You're, but you've you're, spoken into a microphone. Right. Uh, you're, you're like, you're halfway there just in terms of getting... Maybe even more. Right, right. Getting past the fact of like how to actually be on a stage and be in front of people and uh, speaking to this device that'll, that amplifies your voice and, um, you know, paying the, attention to, to, to things that when you're trying to actually entertain a yeah, crowd of people. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they're a multi, you ever hear the phrase like a five tool athlete? <laughs> <laughs> Not, don't focus on the word tool. Just get a doctor to look at that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, though, like a like a baseball player who can hit and run and catch and throw and, and shoot tobacco. And tool things. What? <laughs> shoot tobacco. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> but that you know that's it's interesting when you when you get a comedian like uh, like uh, Dana Carvey. He's uh-huh. a good example. He can play piano, play guitar. He can do impressions. He can write and perform jokes. That's only four things. He can he can 
chew tobacco. He can chew tobacco. Yeah, I, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he, he's he brings multiple things to the stage. I think any comedian who can bring an extra thing. Um, oh, I wish I could remember their name. Someone locally played the ukulele, and she wrote a song about Old Orchard Beach. Really? And it was an, an amazing song, and they actually <laughs> did a video of it. And God, I wish I could. We'll we'll have to put this in some at some point. We'll edit it in later. Yeah, we'll find out who that was because she was really good, and I saw okay. her perform the song live. And then I saw the video on YouTube as well, and I was like, wow, that's like extra, like on top of being a funny person, writing good jokes, like you can also yeah. write a cool song and a funny, cool song and play the ukulele and, and such like, like, I think that adds to the experience of, of, of a audience, you know, watching a performer. Yeah. So anybody who has these other talents should utilize those in, in an attempt to be funny. If that's what you want to do, be a comedian. I'm going to give it a try next time I'm on stage. I guess I, you could wrestle, though. Yeah, I was really good at wrestling. Um, I was actually, I was better at judo than wrestling, Yeah, bring actually. up a couple audience members, kick uh-huh. them in the balls, and right. see what happens. Put a gi on them, yeah. you know, toss them around. Yeah, All right. I think that sounds like a great plan. Cool. <laughs> Probably not. <but> <laughs> We've got to get our insurance lined up first. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah is uh, incredibly talented. She's having a great time doing comedy. It's only been a year for her. Yeah, to I, think comedy. So. I okay. think so. So kudos to her for mm-hmm. trying it and sticking with it. And, uh, you know, the sky's the limit, I guess, as, yeah. as people say. As, as they say. As long as she brings her other talents to the stage. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Acting like her agent now. <laughs> Bring a goddamn guitar. Here, doll. <laughs> oh, jeez. And on that note, yeah. <laughs> let's throw us our interview now. Sounds great. Uh, <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, Sarah Poulin, thanks for listening. Welcome. Thank to, you. To the podcast, Sarah Poulin. Thank you. Hi. It's a pleasure to be here. Good morning. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, <laughs> You're supposed to say the name of the podcast. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. This I'm morning sorry. on Fresh Air. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're here at the Comedy Think Tank Studios. Oh, wow. We have studios now. Well. For now. For now. Okay. I like how, like, is, is one place called a studios? Like, you know, the Comedy hmm. Think Tank Studios? No, that's Stu Stu Studios. <laughs> Sue's <laughs> Sue Studio, isn't it? What? I, no idea. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's Sue Studio. Well, oh, fuck. I've been singing it wrong all these oh, years. Oh. Speaking of singing, we have Sarah Poulin <laughs> here on the Comedy nice Think Tank podcast. Ah. <laughs> yeah, there's someone else here, Nick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon. Sarah, hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Have we said that already? <laughs> yeah, a couple, couple <laughs> ah, times. Fuck. Oh, we only have 48 more minutes to do. Yeah, yeah that's Just right. keep saying hello. Hello, hello, Sarah, hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, multi-talented, Sarah Poulin. All right. Uh, local comedian here in uh, the great town of, city of Auburn. Yeah. 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 And uh, also a musician and uh, a radio host. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what else do you do? A health nut? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll take it. You act also? I act. act. Okay. Yeah, I sing. I act. I don't dance. I'm really not a very good dancer. Are you going to try oh. to? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, that's all right. <laughs> it's not like the people in podcast land could see. Anyway, you could be like, oh my God, that was oh, fantastic. Look wow. at her. She can soft shoe. <laughs> that was incredible. Wow. That was it's too bad you guys can't see it. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you like, what do you like most uh, of all those things? What's your favoritest? Oh, I, it's a comedy podcast, so I feel compelled to say no, no, comedy, no, no. but I would be lying. Yeah, you can be honest. Yeah, no, um, singing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just something I've done my almost my whole life. Like my earliest memories of singing, I think I was like three or four. So oh, really? it's yeah, and I'm old, so that's like forty plus years of singing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You just start singing along to the radio or did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I remember I have a vivid memory of being in the garden with my mom um, picking beans and I wrote a song about sitting on my butt picking beans and I think I was like four. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you remember any of the words? I can tell you want me to sing you the song? Yeah. All right. Let me see. Uh, 
I'm sitting on my butt picking beans. I'm sitting on my butt picking beans. It's just me and my mom and I'm sitting on my bum. Oh, I'm sitting on my bum picking beans. Yeah, it's not my <laughs> tune, but it's my words. Wow. And I was four. Mm. Good job. <laughs> Thank that's you. Pretty, that's Thank pretty you. good. Yeah. Thank you. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm talented. <laughs> and then you and then you 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 rocketed into stardom from I there. Or? I wouldn't say rocketed. Uh, <laughs> you know, I sang at the dinner table a lot and got in trouble a lot for like constantly, constantly singing and humming. Like um, my my mom didn't mind it, but I remember my grandpa would always get really upset with me. <laughs> For Children humming. should be seen and not heard. Well, he just he, he would. Uh, my mom would explain to him that I sing when I'm happy, like I really do, like sing when I'm happy. And so um, he would always say, "I'm really glad that you're happy, baby, but you have to stop singing at the table. You're, us <laughs> you're making us crazy." <laughs> <laughs> but from there, I I had entered a couple of uh, contests and competitions, and I got you know kind of picked up by a local band when I was a teenager called the Digger Lags. The Which is a potato reference, because for those of you who don't know, I'm from Aroostook County. Uh, okay. the- Digger legs are these like metal bars on the potato tractors that roll over the um, the earth and like toss the potatoes up, and they, the oh. potatoes bounce along the digger legs. And okay, yeah, so that was the name of the band. It was a country western band. <laughs> <laughs> So I did that. Uh, we just did like I did a couple of festivals with them, and then um, in college I did musicals. I joined bands. I was with a band called Calliope for a long time. Um, and for the last 20 years, I've been with a band called Rick Wormwood and the Rumbling Proletariat. Cool. And always always singing? No instruments? Always or? singing. I do play instruments. Uh, I play the flute, the saxophone, the trumpet, and I've recently started to learn how to play the ukulele. Wow. I'm not good at it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun, you know. Right. I, you know, you have to do something during the pandemic. I was like, yeah, I'll learn how to play the ukulele. So. Oh. Okay. It's easy to carry around also, I guess. Yeah, totally. And yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's, if you want to be good at it, it's probably hard. If you want to be mediocre at it like I am, it's it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard to be mediocre. <laughs> okay. not, anybody can be mediocre. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nick, you know how to play a ukulele. Right? I, I, I actually, I've tried. Yeah, I've, I've figured out a few things All on right. it. Are um, you mediocre? I'm definitely not even mediocre. Oh, okay. And I have no <laughs> musical talents, to be quite honest, so. That's a shame. It's just straight comedy, <laughs> as you can tell. Really, that's one of your talents. <laughs> that's really it. Oh. That's all. all right. Well, okay. We'll 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 figure that out later. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's time. There's time. There's still You're time. still young. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so music is your your first uh, passion. Yeah. Uh, recently, comedy. Recently comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and is that going to overtake music, you think? or is It, uh... it kind of already has. Mm-hmm. Um, just because for, well, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic now, but for a long time, bands were not meeting. We weren't playing. We couldn't have audiences. There, was a, there wasn't really any good way for a band to get together and play music for, for people because you couldn't have a group of people. Um, mm-hmm. But with comedy has been a little bit different because you're, you know, you're alone up there on the stage. So that's. You know, that's one thing. And then you the way that most of the, the shows I've been at recently are people are pretty well separated. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, bands are definitely making a comeback, but for the last year, not really doing anything. Plus, uh, our lead singer moved to Lowell, Massachusetts, so, or Lynn, <laughs> Lynn, Massachusetts. So, you know, it makes it a little bit harder to play music. But Right. And not to be a, a real downer, but you mm. recently suffered... Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've had a we've had a pretty big um, group of people for 20 years. Like really, we've been a band for 20 years. And our one of our songwriters and our rhythm guitar player just passed away last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Ralston passed away last week. So R.I.P. Mike. Very sorry. Thank you. About that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Thanks yeah. for thanks for bringing that up. Nick. Well, no, I just. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no, no, no. I know it's it's uh it's one of those things we were talking. Rick um, Wormwood, who's the you know the leader of our our group, was saying we've lost a couple of people um, in the last couple of years, and we have somebody else, our bass players, um, struggling with prostate cancer right now, and it's not a super great prognosis, unfortunately. But it's one of those things where you're like, did we just live really hard, or or 
is it just like we're getting old? Like, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> like, are we just rock and roll? Is that what's happening? <laughs> or, or are we just, you know, we're getting old? Like one of those two things, or maybe both. Like maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe we did live really hard and, uh, you know, we're losing people, but hmm. it's, it's just a, the way life goes, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm sorry to report about that. No, it's okay. I'm glad you asked about it. Yeah. We got to honor. We got to honor Raleigh. Exactly. um, So. Yeah. 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 And this is a a good way to do it. A podcast that doesn't get very many listens. Yeah. (laughs) Raleigh's up there going, "What the fuck, you guys? Don't talk about me on that podcast. (laughs) Why am I not? (laughs) (laughs) Really? This is what you got." You know, Raleigh used to write all the songs that I sing, so that's kind of, yeah. I guess it, it definitely does, it matters. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. He's written a bunch of really great, really great songs. Yeah. 100%. Uh, back to comedy. Uh, okay. Let's, let's. Uh... Yeah, how long, so has it, has it been a year into comedy? So, uh, what, what happened is the pandemic. Um, so, in March of 2020, I signed up for Don Hartill's comedy class. Okay. And after about three weeks, we were... Shut the world just shut down. So I really did start in 2020 learning the process of comedy. Um, and I do this thing every year where I pick three things that are really scary to me and I try to, to learn how to do them. Like, um, oh, really? Yeah. So 2020, I had signed up for the comedy class because it was terrifying. Um, I had signed up to do roller derby um, and I was looking for a third really cool, scary thing to do. And, um, ended up just not doing any of it because the fucking pandemic was scary enough. I didn't need. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of opportunities were closed. So, um, so I did start comedy in 2020 and then, um, when adult ed, Lewis and adult ed reopened their classes this spring, I signed up to do it again. Um, and this time we actually managed to get all the way through it, which was great. Um, and then I, I found out that I love it. Like I like writing. I've always been a writer. So I enjoy crafting jokes is one of my favorite things but like getting up and performing them has always been kind of scary but going through Don's class and meeting all of you guys and and like watching other comedians I've kind of learned it's uh it's just it's fun like I don't it's not as scary I still get like that holy shit am I really gonna go up there and do 10 minutes in front of these people who I don't know I guess I am and I still get that every single time like it's never not scary to me but it is more fun now than it was before. That's, less, that's good. Less terrifying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that first time on stage was it terrifying? Yeah, I thought I was going to throw up. Even uh. though you performed growing up. Yeah. So the the big difference for me and probably anybody else who does like different types of performing is that uh, as a comedian, it's just you. You are all alone on that stage. It's t- entirely up to you to make people laugh to make people like you um to to get them to buy into you but when you're in a production like on a stage you've got a cast of people you have you know a a group of people who are there to like bail you out if you forget something like if you don't know your line somebody on stage is going to be like oh but and then they'll add on and you can keep going like but when you or even like in music like if i mess it up someone else is playing someone else is singing someone else is covering it you don't hear my mistakes but when you're a comedian and you're up there all by yourself and you blank and you can't remember what you're supposed to do next or you can't remember the thing you wanted to say next or you just like none of your jokes are coming to your mind or no one's laughing <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked you're all yeah. alone and that's why it was scary to me like i was like i i can't I can't figure out how to not be scared of being up there by myself. So, and that's why I still, I st- you're still all alone. It's never going to not be that way. You're always going to be up there by yourself. Okay. So I, I remember when I first started doing stand up, I was, I approached it as if I was acting. I mean, I've yeah. never, I've never been in a play, but, but I thought like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to act like I'm a professional comedian right now. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I have this script that I'm going to do. And because I don't do crowd work, so I have this script. And if you laugh, great. I will pause for a bit. For, but if you don't laugh, I'm just going to keep moving on, and I'm going to move on to the next part of my script. Right. Now's the part where I do this. Now's the part when I do this. Now's the part when I do this. Uh, so that helped me mm-hmm. get through like that first year or so with the uh, yeah with stand up. But what if you can't remember what comes next in your script? Uh, <laughs> That's the thing, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes I w- I ended up like I would skip a joke by mistake. Yeah, but I was like, oh, okay, I know there's something coming up later yeah. with the, 
uh, Africans or something. Like, I got to jump to that. And then I realized at off, off stage, like, oh, no, I forgot to do this. Like, oh, oh, isn't that the worst? And you yeah. come off the stage and you're like, oh, shit, that was a really good joke. Oh, and I, I wanna, forgot to tell it. I wanted to try that new joke <laughs> right in the middle it. there. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I've had definitely had those moments. Um, that's similar to some advice that Tuck Tucker gave me, actually. Um, oh, I, really? I, yep. I saw him at a Titus Five actually contest that Nick Gordon was in. And, um, woohoo. That's me. That's you. <laughs> and, uh, and he and I were just, Tuck and I were just talking and, and I was explaining like being, you know, being scared. And he was like, yeah, but you're an actress. Like, you know what you're doing on stage? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he was like, so figure out who your character is. Pretend that you're acting. Pretend that this is the, you know, this is the show that you are up there on a stage and, and this is a production. Like you're, right. whoever you want to be is who you can be. Like the person that you are on stage doesn't actually have to be the person that you are in real life either. That's something else that I've come to learn like if you see my act you're like oh she's kind of raunchy but then you meet me in person you're like no (laughs) she's nothing like that like that's really not it's not really my persona so much so um yeah so that was that was similar similar advice from tuck that i got so i it's i think it's pretty common for us to to go into our own heads and be like all right well i'm today i am (laughs) yolanda (laughs) well maybe you're not yolanda but i am yeah (laughs) But then, if you switch, if you switch the way you think about it, it's you can turn it into stand-up comedy and actually make it look like. Because when you are up on stage, and I think this about a lot of people, it's like, wow, they are actually doing a really good job. And they come off stage and they're like, oh my god, I'm so nervous, and I yeah. don't know what it's like. Whoa, 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 like you actually were pretty good. <laughs> Why don't you just calm down? That, like, that went well. That, went that well. really did go well. Yeah. Like yeah. there was a lot of people laughing and whatnot. And uh-huh. it, good. It is. It is difficult sometimes when you're on that stage and. Yeah. Things aren't in your mind going right. <laughs> right. And a lot of times people will, a lot of other comedians have said, your stage presence is great. Yeah. And that, so that's, you know, that's something I've already brought to the table. I have a stage presence. Like I I know where to stand. I know what to do. I know, I know how to make people like me, I guess. Um, so that I do have that definitely going for me from previous experience, but it, it's really is just like being alone, being mm-hmm. all alone. <laughs> <laughs> and you say you have about 10 minutes of material now? At this point, I have about 15 um, okay. that I can pull from, mix and match. Um, so I've only really been doing it, doing it since March of this year. So that's cool. when we finished up our um, our adult ed class was, I guess, April of this year. So uh, I've been really lucky. You guys, River Comics, have given me a lot of opportunities um, at Bruno's and a few other places. And then um, Mark Turcotte of Main Event Comedy has been really great about um, offering me things. And I just did a really cool show actually down in Springvale um, with an improv group called You Should Smile More. And that's an all women's yeah. improv group. Are you familiar with them? Yes. So it was one of the neatest things I've ever done. Like they, you, I got up and I did my 10, 12 minutes of material. And then this group of improvers got up and did an hour long show just pulling things from my um, my set. So when I went behind, you know, backstage, I looked, there's this big piece of paper and written all over it in colored markers are tags from my jokes. Really? And so as oh. I was doing my set, they were all like writing, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And so they got up and they brought every joke I, I did to life. Like they gave it, they gave it this, this amazing life of its own. And I just, I sat in the audience and I laughed so hard. I was like, this is hilarious. Oh, that they sounds were, awesome. It was so much fun. I would, I would love to do it again. And I would definitely recommend for anybody, if you have an opportunity to see those ladies do their job, it uh-huh. is just amazing. What was the name again? It's called You Should Smile More. It's an all women's improv group. Cool. And they did it in the Nason Theater in uh, Springvale. And that place is beautiful. It's a uh, newly renovated, I guess Nason College was down there. Um, it was a, one of like the only liberal arts colleges in New England. And so they have this beautiful space that's no longer a college, but they've got it renovated for um, as a community center. And they've got this big, beautiful auditorium. They have a nice stage. They have a nice, um, a nice setup down there. It's really nice. Nice, nice, nice. nice, nice. <laughs> Everything's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, did, did you, did you take that opportunity to, to add some stuff to your own jokes off I, of what they did? Like, I haven't yet, but I, I'm thinking about it. Like I, it's been a busy couple of weeks with work <laughs> and I mm-hmm. had a chance to do a whole lot of joke writing, but I, there's some things that I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. I'm going to definitely pull that in and, and put that into my act. Cause it was, it was good. It was funny. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was in a class where, um, uh, everyone did, um, a bit of material and then it's Tim Farrell's class. And then, uh, at the end of the class he said, okay, now 
he paired people up and he said, okay, now Leonard, you do some of this person's joke. You do 30 oh. seconds of that person's joke. And so l- listening to someone do 30 seconds of my jokes like, gave, gave me ideas of things to do differently. Oh, so you viewed it from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really cool. I'd love to, I'd love to see some of that class. That sounds like fun. Tim Farrell. I've heard good things about Tim Farrell's class. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. great. Yeah. So you, you also, so th- are you doing improv now? You're taking a class now? So I'm de- I'm doing it again. I'm taking an improv class uh, with Lewiston Adult Ed. Again, Don Hartill is teaching. Um, it's about, I think we have 10 people. Um, and it's, you know, it's learning the rules of improv. The, the number one rule being um, agree pretty much like <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and. And right. I mean, Leonard, you do improv, so you, you probably already know. But um, learning how to be... Uh, Positively, positively react to things is is actually kind of hard. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really really hard because to not go like, oh no, that didn't. That's not what's going I'm on right not, now. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> like, you have to just go with. Okay, this is. I thought I was milking a cow, but it turns out I'm doing something very right. different. Ex- accept it and move on. Accept, <laughs> just move on. Yeah, keep, yeah, the, yeah. keep the scene going. Oh, yeah. I get it, milking a cow. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> It's really fun though. I, I've I've only had one class. We we meet on Tuesdays, so we'll have I'll have our second class this week. And um, I think I'm I. It's a little bit more natural to me than stand up comedy because it's it's with a group of people. Yeah. And it's still it's acting like you're acting something out. So, I am enjoying it very much. Would you want to go on and be an improv group member? I think it's too early to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're enjoying it a lot. I so. am enjoying it. There's lots of things I enjoy a lot, but I might not go on. To oh, I see. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I like it, and it's it's fun. Um, I think at, at some point a person has to stop and say, okay, I'm doing too much. Like I just have too many things I'm doing, and, and I need to you know figure out if I want to keep focus on this thing and make this better, or do I want to just like keep doing this, 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 and this, but only a little bit. So... You know. okay. Yeah, yeah. There definitely is uh, something to be said about focusing on one thing and removing all distraction in order to focus on the one thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that's I, I take it that that's probably never been you in life. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you you music and 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 obviously just regular life, and then you're adding comedy into that. But you also have a job, you know. Yeah, and Dude. things that. Need to be done. Um, yeah. Parenting. Parenting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Parenting, too. That's, yeah. The, that's the thing right now. I've got... I've got yeah, one, parenting. Like, you I, have a kid that's... I've got one more year. I'm I'm so close, I can almost taste it. Yeah. <laughs> but kid. it's not going to end after he graduates from high school. <laughs> According to him, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's done. We'll see. Yeah, I have a... He's 17. He's a senior at EL here in Auburn, and... Uh, He's he's great. He's very he's very similar to me. He's very musically talented. Um, his dad is also super musically talented. So he's just been around it his whole life. And um, it, interestingly enough, with him, he actually takes that backstage approach to it. Like he's ha- perfectly happy running the soundboard. He's really enjoys running lights. Like the engineering side of things. Is, oh, okay. Is We're more looking for an intern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would love it. He would absolutely love it. Like he, but you know, musically, he's you know he's into like he plays the bass, he plays the piano, he plays the saxophone. Um, he sings, but he won't let anybody hear him. Uh, <laughs> And I have a theory about that being that if you sing in front of somebody who sings really well, you get self-conscious about it. And he's, you know, he's grown up his whole life listening to me sing to him. So I think in his brain, he's like, I don't want to sing in front of my mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely, he's been the project for the last 17 years that I have, have spent a lot of focus on. And that's, you know, that's another thing that sort of led me to try it out do new things like that was the catalyst for okay i'm going to try three scary things and see what happens is like you're looking you know looking down the road at this thing that you've spent 17 16 years working on this project that is almost finished and you're like well now what do i do who am i once this person that i've invested my life in is is no longer you know requiring all of my attention like what can i do for me like what can i do that's fun for me and so that's sort of when the the process of picking like interesting and scary things to do sort of took hold and I started trying stuff. Yeah, the three scary things, that's really interesting. And what 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 did you do in non pandemic years for the so, example of three um, things? So in twenty nineteen I what did I do? 
uh, oh, I went whitewater rafting for the first time. Like even despite having <laughs> gone to school for an outdoor recreation minor, okay. um, I had never been whitewater rafting. Uh, so I tried that, which that was really, really super fun. And then, um, I did, um, it was like a Spartan race, the tough mountain challenge, mm-hmm. um, up in, in Western Maine. I did that. Um, it's like a 5k with like 19 different obstacles that you had to, yeah. you know, get around. And, and I did that and that, that was really scary. That was the third thing I did. Shoot. Oh, Mamma Mia. I did Mamma Mia with Community Little Theater. I had never done theater in Auburn. I've lived here since 2007 and I had never gone out for anything in the community. Uh, um, and so I did Mamma Mia, um, in 2019, Okay. the musical production, yeah. Community Little Theater. And it was really fun. Cool. Had a good time. Yeah. Saw that play. Yeah, yeah, our mutual friend Nate White was was mm-hmm. in that. That's actually how I met all of you guys. Really? That was Yeah, the... yeah, okay. Nate White introduced me to all of these lovely comedy people and it uh-huh. just sort of like busted out from there. Wow. Thanks Nate White. Thank you Nate White. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Nate White. Yeah, thanks Nate White. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Uh, you you mentioned roller derby before. What, yeah, you didn't get the chance to do that. No, I never did get the chance to do roller derby. I'm wondering now if they're they must be reopened. So there's a roller derby uh, team in Lewiston, Auburn. Um, I can't for the life of me remember their name now. But yeah, I had I had gone. I had signed up. I was on my way to get my equipment, and then it was like a week later, and they were like, "Well, we can't really practice together, so <laughs> <laughs> we could do Zoom practices." I mean, how do you... <laughs> remotely practice roller derby how are you going to teach me to jump over somebody in skates on zoom can you skate um i'm a mediocre skater but what i've been told by the roller derby crew is that you don't really have to be a good skater i you guys in podcast land can't see me (laughs) but i'm i'm built pretty tough (laughs) you don't have to know how to skate well nope Nope. Um, there's only so there's only a couple of people who need to skate well um, and the rest of us are there to keep those people from getting hit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as long as you can stay up on your skates and you can build a wall with your body and you can like hold your own, you're fine to, to roller derby. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I was told. Uh, maybe they were just trying to be positive about it. But, like, <laughs> but they, they go through a process. Like you don't just like hit the floor and skate like you you have to go through training like they and there's like certain equipment that you have to have. They don't want concussions. They don't want broken bones. Like there's like at least five hundred dollars worth of equipment and certain skates that you have to wear and certain helmets that you have to wear. Um, and like I said, they, it's a six months, I think, that you get to you just skate over and over again. They throw things in your way. You have to jump over it. Like <laughs> really? did they put up. A, yeah, they put up obstacles as you're skating the course. Like you have to be able to dodge and jump and, and you know, make your way around things because those things eventually are going to be humans and you don't want to hit them with your body oh, <laughs> or your skate. Okay. So they like, <laughs> they prepare you to get around stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it sounds really cool. I thought it was going to be really fun. So I'm, I'm kind of bummed that it didn't happen, but you know, maybe 2022 will be my roller derby year. Yeah, yeah maybe. All right. <laughs> I got to pick out my three scary things to do in 2022. Okay. It's coming yeah. right up. I know. Yeah. Well, I have an uncle who is, um, he's a parachuter. And I was thinking, that's really scary. I wouldn't. I was just thinking the same thing. If I if I thought about something to do, uh, yeah. parachuting would probably be right? one, one of the things on my list. I'm afraid of heights. Oh, so but, that's really scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid of heights. But, but, I, but I was thinking I'm not. Especially afraid of jumping out of a plane. Jumping out of a plane, right? Really? Because like, if I'm like, uh, like at the top of a building and I can see the ground, that makes me dizzy. Like, if I'm looking out the window and I can see the ground, that makes me dizzy. But like, if I'm up in the plane, I can't really see the ground anyway. So it's just like I beg to differ, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it enough to make me dizzy. I guess. All right, I get you. Yeah. I, I have. Uh... I have a list of things I'm not gonna do. Is that on as it? I get older, and yeah. that's one of the things. What would your three scary it's like things the be? Anti bucket list. The yeah, anti bucket exactly. list. My three scary things that you would never do. That, no, or that I, no, that I would never do. Yeah, like uh, are there three that you would never do? Yeah, like parachuting would be one of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, like you know how people as they grow older, they're like, oh, I, I got to learn how to be a pilot. I want to fly like a little hmm. plane or whatever. Like, nope, I'm good with that. <laughs> I mean, it'd be as cool as it would have been 10, 20 years ago. Like, I'm like, I'm, there's no, there's no time. Hmm. I want to come back to focusing on the things that I want to do. 
you know, and like that I've already started doing that, you know, like comedy and whatnot. Like I, I really want to get somewhere to do comedy, like, you know, in a big city or mm. a, mm-hmm. a cool venue that, you yeah. know, so like I'd rather focus on that stuff than say like, oh, I want to take a, a weekend away and go fucking parachuting. Jump out of a plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking parachute. Yeah, like, like, fucking parachute. It, it just seems like a waste of time and money in my... <laughs> That's their tagline. <laughs> just fucking parachute. Skydive Maine. Fucking parachute. <laughs> we just got sued. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, my, my uncle works for Skydive Maine. Oh, my okay. Uncle Paul. <laughs> Will he listen to this? If I tell him to. Okay. Cool. Good. <laughs> Get on that. Thanks yeah. for the listen. <laughs> I I do think like look you know looking ahead like you're saying like something scary for me would would be like going to even not like because I'm not in a place to do a show in New York but like attending an open mic in New York. Or even like Boston, someplace bigger than yeah. where I'm at right now. Like moving, moving myself forward in comedy um, into bigger venues with bigger crowds. I think that's a, that's definitely scary for me. I would I would put that on my list of one of my three scary things to do. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and it's comedy related. Yeah, yeah. So Nick's trying to get us all uh, to work more on our comedy instead of these. Well, you know, frivolous- I just. <laughs> it is a comedy podcast. It is a comedy podcast, and I do I do really enjoy comedy. And <laughs> I would love to have this be my my full time endeavor in life. If but. you guys could all just stop doing anything other than comedy, yeah, that would be wonderful. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I understand how people have. You got to have short term goals, long term goals, and all that yeah. sort of stuff, and things that make you happy in the middle. Um, right. Yeah, you know, but I just can't imagine jumping out of a plane, paying paying good money to go jump <laughs> to out of jump a plane. <laughs> So that's just not for me. But yeah. I guess if it was free, I might consider it, but probably not. No. Oh, yeah. Can it be free? <laughs> <laughs> not for you guys. Uh, it, it Hi, be, Uncle Paul. It can, it, can uh. be, it can be free if you don't have the parachute, I think. <laughs> but yeah, you want to jump? Let's go ahead. You don't even need a plane. You I can jump you. right off this building. Yeah, right? I dare you. <laughs> oh, that'd be scary. I can't jump off a I building. I can't jump off a building. No. No. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> You need to coerce Leonard into something. You just take him to the top of the Empire State Building. So, Leonard, listen. So listen. You and I have been doing this podcast thing for a while. I need you to take it more seriously. He would have been a bad mob informant, I think. <laughs> Leonard, you're too affable. <laughs> I'll tell you where the gold is. I mean, yeah, we don't, can we stop climbing these stairs? I don't, we don't need to go. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you everything you need to know. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh gosh. I'll take you there. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no, I I mean I I definitely I have lots of interests, as you know. Like I'm I'm constantly I'm constantly trying out new things and looking for new things to do. But but comedy is definitely fitting in there nicely into my regular life. Like it's every weekend, it's every Friday, every Saturday I'm doing something. So Yeah. You know, it's 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 getting bigger and bigger. Um I've been a comedy fan for as long as I can remember, so you know. Who are your comedy influences? Uh, for me, um, Carol no, Burnett. No, for other for me for it's... other guests. <laughs> oh, you're not asking the ghost in Leonard's basement. Uh, Carol Burnett Studio. Excuse me, yeah. Leonard's podcast studio. Carol Burnett, uh, Lucille Ball, Paula Poundstone are the three that come to mind. Like those are the three women comedians that I definitely am. Like, oh man, that. That's where I want to be. Doesn't That's, have to be women comedians. I know. Well, so as far as like male, male comedians, um, John Stewart, I remember being a teenager and watching his, he had a clip show um, and it's, it was called um, Short Attention Span Theater. Mm. It was oh, like okay. in the early 90s. He and a woman, Patty Rosenberg, I want to say, had a show where they just took little, you know, 30 second or two, like 30 seconds to two minute clips of different comedians, stand up comics, like performing you know, their act and just like taking the best of it and putting them all together and doing like a 30 minute of like 10, 15 different comics. Um, and I remember just watching that as a kid thinking, oh my God, that's the coolest thing. I want to do that. <laughs> um, so John Stewart was there like right from the very beginning of me learning about comedy. And that's the first time I ever saw Dennis Leary, who was, <laughs> that was the first comedy album that I owned was Dennis Leary's yeah. No Cure for Cancer. Okay. I, uh, I remember having it on a cassette tape and putting it in my car um, and just like listening to it over and over again and being like, oh my God, he's so funny. <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever heard somebody say fuck over and over and over again. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> how old were you? Oh, 
Probably 17, 16, wow. 17. Yeah. I mean, I've heard my dad say it a bunch, but I never heard like another adult to be like, fuck this and fuck that. And I was like, oh, is we're allowed to do that. We can't do that, can we? And just listening to it over and over again. Loved it. But yeah, so those, you know, and can't, I remember watching like a lot of you Gen Xers will remember like getting home, watching TV land, like Carol Burnett would be on in the, in the, in the evenings. And I'd watch it with my mom sometimes, but like I would watch, I love Lucy all afternoon sometimes just black and whites and her, her facial expressions. And I'd say the same with Carol Burnett, like their physicality were the, were the things that really like hooked you in and you, you like, you wanted to pay attention to what they were doing just because of the way they would they would move their bodies like I will never ever forget Carol Burnett's sketch show where she took the curtain rod and she put it into a dress and she made she made fun of Gone with the Wind. Do you guys remember this? Oh yes, I she do came that. down like the the stairs of the makeshift. Um, I don't remember Tara. I think it was called like in the actual, you know, gone with the wind, but she came down with these curtain rods and she says, I saw it in the window and I couldn't resist. (laughs) I was like, that's fucking genius. Genius. She was so funny and so good. Like that whole cast of people was hilarious. Tim Conway was hilarious. Like, and I just remember watching those like over and over again and just wanting, like wanting a piece of that, like wanting to, wanting to ever be able to make people laugh the way that she made people laugh. Cause that's really what, what draws me to comedy is like, I, and it's probably the same for a lot of comics, like love and adulation. Yeah. I need that affirmation of I am funny. You do love me. Everything about me is great. Like, <laughs> you know, like can we, everybody needs, like it's a full on narcissist, but I, you know, that being able to do that, like, or even just give that to people, like give them a minute of like, oh, I saw that in the window and I couldn't resist. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a good that's joke. I, I wasn't sure where that was going. And then I could picture the whole thing. And then when you, like, that's a, that's a really hell of a good joke. That's it's her. Amazing. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't gone back and watched those since you were a kid, definitely go back. I don't think do. I've ever seen it. Oh my way. gosh. Oh, you really? Have to. Yeah. No, I'll, I will. Yeah, I will. I'll check it out. I'm writing it down right now. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then. <laughs> So she and Lucille Ball, for sure. And then Paula Poundstone, like, as I got, you know, into my teenage years, Paula Poundstone's dry wit and just the, like, the tone and the, you know, the intonation of her voice, the the lull of how she, you know, de- develops a joke and um, delivers it. Are, it. She's great. And I just, um, I started listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So, you know, yeah. Wait, Wait, Don't Come Yet and NPR, yeah. but listen to Wait, Wait, Don't <laughs> Tell Me. It's going to be a good joke. Yes. And, uh <laughs> And just thinking, oh, she's so quick. She's so quick. Like, they, you know, the way they quip on those shows, those quiz shows, and and just great comics on those shows, too, like Bobcat Goldthwaite and, and Paula Poundstone, Mo Rocca, all doing, you know, these, like, little, just, like, little, like, five seconds of, like, oh, my God, how do they come up with that so fast? Like, on the fly like that. It's right. it's great. And, you know, you it's something that you want to sort of strive towards and, and be able to do. Like, you said you don't do crowd work. Mm. But that's basically what that is, like, you know, sixty minutes of wait, wait, don't tell me is is crowd work. <laughs> and I want to I want to get better at that. Like that's my goal for, you know, for the rest of this year doing shows is to be able to interact with the crowd and not be like, oh, you don't love me, why are you heckling me? Like I want to be able to have like a quick quip and a comeback just like that. I think it. I think it comes down to writing. I think it comes down to mm-hmm. writing down things that come up come to your mind and then knowing those things. Are there in the uh, right. in the chamber, so to speak, and then when a situation occurs, that you can uh, that you can use one mm-hmm. and having it having it ready ready to yeah. go, and then you fire off and and then. But it, I, I wonder with shows like that uh, if those guys do write a bunch of stuff and have it ready, or if they really are like that fast to improv uh-huh. something uh, from their mind. I imagine they're all professionals, so they must be. Yeah able to do that um and and i'm sure editing too yeah of course it comes together but um i recently started following paula polenstone on on uh, twitter it's a good follow for anyone who does oh yeah Yeah. we can we can tag her in this i think so see if we we can get her on the podcast yeah (laughs) she told a joke years and years ago about uh i think it was a cantaloupe like she's she's never sure like when fruit is ready so she she buys a cantaloupe or something like that, and she's waiting and she's waiting and she's waiting and she's waiting and it's never ready. And then at like two a.m., she goes downstairs and she wakes the kids because the fucking cantaloupe's finally ready, and they're like eating cantaloupe at two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's ready. <laughs> if you wait too long, it's gonna go bad. But 
She's yeah, she's a funny lady. I like how she mm. talks about her cats. <laughs> like they're uh. people. She talks about her cats like they're people. <laughs> it's awesome. She's good. Yeah, we did a cameo. I did a cameo um uh purchase with Paula Poundstone. Oh, did you? Yeah, and her cat was in the video. <laughs> <laughs> She comes to Maine. Well, uh, yeah. pre-pandemic, she, she she recently did, yeah. Um, and I, I want to say the Gunquick Playhouse. She do, goes there. I, mean, I can't remember now, I, but it might have been the Waterville Opera House. Waterville, too. Like, okay. she might have been yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she's good. She's funny. Um, going back to what you were saying about like having things in the chamber, I, I have a I have a notepad in my car. I drive for work, um, so a lot of times I'm on the road. You're a trucker. Yeah, long haul, <laughs> long haul. <laughs> Yeah, I haul cantaloupes. Um, <laughs> Paul, if you're listening. Um, so, no, I drive for work. I do training for the company that I work for. And so our, our furthest store is Bangor. And so I'll I'll be driving and I'll just have like an idea. And so I have this little notepad and I just, I'll, I'll it's not safe. Don't do this. Uh, I write things down as I'm driving. Oh, no. On this little, like this little. <laughs> so there's post-its all around my car with like little things written on it. Where I'll, and, and I was looking at it before I came in here. I was like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? And I like flipped through my post-its and I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like <laughs> in the moment it made sense. But now I go back and I'm like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> or it's illegible because I am still driving and I'm trying not to get off the road. Like. It's because you're hitting the, the bumps on the right, side the, of the, yeah. the breakdown lane. <laughs> <laughs> the rumble strip. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, I've got, yeah, I've got a little notepad. And I know I can use my phone and I don't need to. I can do it hands-free, but I, I don't know. There's something about, for me, like physically having it written down on a piece of paper like I still I still have you know notebooks of my jokes like I still write in on actual paper with a pencil and and I will go back and I'll put them into like a google doc to you know pick through and reorganize but just you know when I'm writing a joke it is it's always on paper I never I never write it on my phone or write it on the computer first it's it's always on a piece of paper yeah it's an old school librarian thing I think (laughs) I used to work in a library many years ago. Oh, really? Ago. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a little out card that you got to stamp when you <laughs> we, start writing? We needed to check out this joke. <laughs> <laughs> no. need a little slip of paper with a Dewey Decibel number on it to what, keep them organized. You, you, so writing has been a part of yeah. your life? Yeah. And, and, and you've written... I write for, for a magazine. Yeah, I magazine, write for a magazine. Yeah. I do. Um, I submit all the time um, writing. I my degree is in English. I went to college for for writing, and and uh, it's not a lucrative business when no. you're. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. Um, yeah. So I've been writing since I was I was like 16, 17. I have like notebooks of terrible poems, you know, after bad breakups and, and shit like that. But also narratives that I've written. Um, I write for LA Metro magazine. So I've got a few articles that I've done for them. And I, I submit to creative nonfiction, um, pretty frequently. Um, you know, yeah. So I've, I've always been writing. This is, this is the first time that it feels like, um, my writing is instantly appreciated. Mm. You know, you submit and you submit and you submit and you get rejections and you don't even really know if anybody is reading it on the other end of the line. Like maybe they're reading it. Maybe they're just like, no, that's not for us. Or no, that's, you know, that doesn't fit our magazine or whoever. But like when you're writing a joke and you deliver it and people laugh, it's it's instantaneous. Like, you're like right, oh, right. I can write. I am a good writer. <laughs> All right. Yeah, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's very fulfilling to to have that instant gratification of, of writing and having somebody react to it right in front of you. Um, it's really, really cool. Yeah. I enjoy writing. <laughs> well, we all need to write more. Like Nick yeah. says it all the time. Like, yeah. I, like yeah. <laughs> right like, now. Nick's like, why are we doing this? Stop with other stuff. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> write more jokes. Yeah, or write just more like, jokes. Yeah. Write your narratives. <laughs> <laughs> just write. Just yeah, write. Write, write, write your life story. I, I love writing too. So yeah, yeah we used to get together, you know, more often in the, in the past, and just doing writing workshops and yeah. we're running jokes by each other, and you know, over beer. And, that's yeah. that's helpful. I mean, I you know, you can sit on your own and you can write a joke, but it's really hard. I'm sure a lot of other comedians will say the same thing. Like I, I'm always asking another comedian. Is this a thing? Is this funny? Do what do you think about this? Like, can I make this funnier? So it's nice to have, you know, a group of people um, like we do here in Lewiston Auburn who sit together and and talk. But it, it's great to have some people to write with too. Like, being able to bounce ideas off of each other is really good. Yeah, 
Yeah. Certainly not critical, but at the same time, it is helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes, you know, having somebody else's outside perspective, like, because you get pretty attached. Leonard knows. You get pretty <laughs> attached to some of your stuff where you're like, no, this is funny. This is, people laugh. This is funny. But to have, like, an outside mm, banana feel. Um, but <laughs> Nick's giving me a death glare. We, we weren't going gonna to bring it up. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I brought it up. Leonard didn't bring it up. Um, but, like, having, you know, you get close to something and you're, like, you hold on to it and you don't want to let it go. Right. But it, it really might not be funny. And to be able to have like a trusted group of people who are also comedians who are also writing be able to look at you and say it's it's not working like what you're doing is not working <laughs> you need to you need to look at it from a different angle you have to understand like what about this joke is funny like why do you think it's funny and then have somebody say well this is why I think it's not <laughs> and and if you want to keep going with it keep going with it but just know that you know, it's it's not as funny as you think it is. Just know we're gonna hate you forever. Yeah. If you continue to do this joke, yeah. Leonard. It's it's, not, it's, it's, not it. it's hard to hear that though, don't you think? Like where you're like, no, this is good, this is funny. Or if something is really like pushing the edge of not being quite appropriate, like yeah, you know, you know where you're like, ah, can I get away with saying this, or is this really? Is it just like that one step too far? Where you know you're just kind of crossing the line a little bit and right. you know having somebody else say no you're definitely crossing the line <laughs> or no go further push further like mark turcott's one of those people who's always like push it further push it further keep going with it it's it's getting better so i would yeah. agree with that. Appreciate that do you do you have a line that you're not going to cross because there's a currently there's female comedians you know that, that are out there that, and everything is extremely sexual and and uh yeah. you, you know it it Vulgar to the point of like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, you're never going to hear me do a blowjob joke ever. Like, it's just not my thing. I'm not going to do it. I think it's it's like a low-hanging fruit. Like, I'm, it's not. I'll joke about sex because that's, you know, that's the age that I'm at. Like, where, you know, where I'm at. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about sucking dick for the, for the sake of, of getting a laugh. Like, it's, it's actually not that funny. Like, when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's not really a. A political line or a, a you know you know oh yeah you've but you have established a line where it's yeah like, I'm just not gonna do it it's just, I'm just not gonna do it I'm, I mean yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to most of my stuff is actually pretty clean um, you know I, I have a you know a couple of jokes where it's like bordering on being sexual but it's really not super it's not really pushing it like I think you can be funny without actually going to that you know, side of things. Like, again, going back to my, you know, the people that I respected as comedians, like, you would never see Carol Burnett do shit like that. You'd never see Lucille Ball do stuff like that. Like, that, it's, sh they can be funny without resorting to that sort of thing. They came up in a time, though, where they really couldn't talk about that stuff, though, and even male comedians might, like, there was innuendo, but there wasn't. Right. That's the yeah. thing about Carol Burnett. The innuendo is yeah. always there. Like, yeah. it's, and it's, it's funny. It's um, smarter. It's smarter, exactly. Yeah. Like uh, that great Saturday Night Live sketch where they talk about, it's like all these Southern people sitting on the porch and they talk about Colonel Angus. Colonel Angus, but they're doing it in the Southern, <laughs> Colonel Angus. And they're just yeah. like very Southern and you get it. You get it. You're like, oh, they're talking about <laughs> oral sex. Oh my God. And it, it's just funny because they never actually go there. They just continuously, you know, plant this idea in your mind of this Colonel Angus is a big, he's very popular with the ladies, you know, like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, he is actually. <laughs> so, so there's definitely a point of being vulgar on stage, but is, is your comedy actually clean? I'm trying to think of like, um, your jokes now. It is, okay. it is, yeah. Is it? I mean, I might throw a fuck in there every now and then, but I don't have to. Okay. You know, it doesn't have to be in there. Um, it's, there's nothing, I don't, yeah, there's nothing in there that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want my kid to see. I guess. Okay. Yeah, is the way I the way I approach comedy. Cool. Yeah. Do you think that made it harder for you to write, or you, that's just um, that's just your personality? I think so that's this, just my are, personality. Yeah, these are things yeah. I have, and I'm putting them on the paper anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, when I said earlier, I'm, I'm raunchy. I mean, I just use language that normally. I mean, I would only use it in a home. <laughs> <laughs> can't talk like that at work. <laughs> you can't talk like that at work. Like, right. The, right. I'm saying like the people who know me from work, people, you know, in a, you know, in a professional setting or even like my theater setting wouldn't know that I, I really like the word fuck. It's like one of my favorite words. <laughs> um, I think you should say it every day as much as you can. But, uh, but I just think like those people would never, like if they came and saw me do stand up, they wouldn't be like, oh, her material is, is raunchy, but I've never heard her use that word before. Like that might be more, more what I mean. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess that's it. That's, it's not much of a line, really. It's, you know. Well, it's something. It's something. I yeah. mean, I, I have a joke I do about uh, about gynecologists, <laughs> but like, it's very relatable. Like, I just think um, I think you have to you have to look at your audience too and think: Are they gonna are they gonna laugh at this? Are they gonna think this is funny, or do I skip this one and do the next? I say know, do, do every joke all the time. Yeah, run the run I, the clock. I do the same jokes. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> nothing matters. Nothing. Matters. <laughs> <laughs> this is all bullshit. This Nobody is, cares. This is fake. This is all fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose when you have when you have enough material, yeah, and, and you can decide. Oh, look at this crowd. I'm not going to do that three minute section of of my set that I was going to do. I'll put something else in there instead. Right. Like, but for me, like if I've got ten minutes to do, I'm gonna you're gonna get. The 10 minutes I do all the time, so. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I probably have 20 minutes of jokes, but it, it I, like, mix and match it into different pieces. Like, it doesn't all fit together. Like, it's it's like Legos. You have to, like, match them up and get them to fit together so that it's coherent and sort of makes sense. And so then it, it ends up usually being, like, 10 to 12, um, right. full solid, like, from start to finish. This is connected and it all makes sense. But I like to, like... I like to sort of mix it up and, and I don't want to do the same set over and over again. And I know that there's some benefit to that, but I, you know, I want to do the same jokes over and over again, but I maybe don't want to do them in the same order every time. I want to like throw some in here and throw some in there and sort of mix it up. That maybe is why I freak out before every show. <laughs> yes. Holy fuck, why did I do this? <laughs> no, I, I have heard good advice that people say to, to change up the order of, oh, yeah? of your set. Uh, I still can't do it. But... No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got it. Yours is solid. I've well, it's always you. it's always in the same order. Yeah, like I've never, I've never, I think I've, I think I've switched things up once, and it was. Did it, you go off the rails? No, I just ended up forgetting things yeah. that I wanted to do. Yeah. So if I, if I start with a joke that I normally do later in my set, and then I end up like thinking like, okay, where am I now? And I and I have the set list in my head because I print it out a thousand times. So I I'm, I'm staring at <laughs> it all the time, and so I'm thinking like, okay, now if I'm down here. Right, my set list, and now I got to remember to go back up here, and then I got to remember to jump back down here, and then go back up here again, mm. and like, and then I'm mm. just forgetting something. Yeah, and then you walk off the stage, and you're like, "Shit! Oh, now I forgot! Oh, can I come back? I got to deliver this joke oh, I, about. Got to do the banana peel. Again. <laughs> oh, I forgot bananas! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> That's the worst. I find that to be the worst feeling. Like when you get off the stage, even if I've done a really good job, I cannot help but beat myself up over. Oh, I didn't deliver that right. Or, oh, I, and I forgot this joke. Like I have, I'm so hypercritical of myself. Like I'll, and I, I legitimately, when I ask people, how was it? How did it go? And they tell me it was good. And I'm like, one thing, if there's just one thing that I had done differently, what would you think it would be? And I really want to know, like, I want people to tell me, I want to get better. Like, this is also new to me. Like they're, and the people that I'm asking are respected people. Like, I want to know what you think. Like, I know what I think, but I just did mm-hmm. 10 minutes of, you know, rapid heartbeat hammering out jokes as fast as I could so I could run away from these people. I want to know what you <laughs> thought. I want you to tell me what you think would be better. Um, so when I'm asking people, I'm legitimately, I want, I want critical feedback. I want to know how can I make it better? Yeah, what can that's I a good do? thing to ask. Like, what's what's the one thing if you had to tell me one thing mm-hmm. to do? Yeah, one piece that you would change, or one thing. That, and you know, sometimes it's like, oh well, I didn't. That punchline didn't work like this. You should try it like that. And then you're like, well, no. Yeah, I hate, I, I, I don't <laughs> no. like I don't like it when people try to rewrite your jokes. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. No, yeah. no, I I guess not that. But like, and you can always just accept or re- reject whatever advice sure. they get. And you don't even have yeah. to accept or reject it in, in the moment. You can just say, thank you, and you move yeah. on. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good bits of advice that I've gotten, you know, after shows are, you know, ditch this, it's not working. Or, you know, maybe um, you didn't wait long enough. Like, you should have let, you got to let them laugh more. That joke's really funny, but you stepped on it. You got to, because there's, you know, a couple of jokes that I deliver, a tag and then a tag and then a tag, and they're like, no, you, you went too fast. You needed to wait let them laugh, then yeah. deliver, let them laugh, then deliver, let them laugh. Like, and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're up there and you don't think about it in the moment. Like, you're just trying to, again, I'm just like rapid heartbeat, having a heart attack, trying to get my 10 minutes out before I pass out and get off the stage. <laughs> be <laughs> so, funny if you did pass out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the it's thing like, that I would change is, is that part of the act where you pass out. When, huh? when the paramedics came? That like, was... <laughs> Was that planned? That was over the top. You didn't really have to do that. You kind of run in the light. I know. You went over your time. And your your insurance premiums. I know. (laughs) That bit where the guy was checking your pulse, that 
That was just a little low for us. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, man. So, Sarah, thank you very much. Oh, for... <laughs> She's talked for four fucking hours. <laughs> Stop her. Nick's dying. He's so hungry. He's like, oh my God. What should I need some toast? (laughs) Something. Studio is so cramped. (laughs) I need to stretch. Sarah, thank you very much for oh, joining we're on us. A time, we're on a time crunch. We're in a <laughs> Do your 10 minutes and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> She's not nervous about this. Oh, no. Talking? No. <laughs> no. So we'll move on to uh, our Curse oh. the Darkness uh, okay. segment. So if you're, there's an idiom that goes, I'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness. Yeah, it's a Neil so, Diamond song. It is? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, shit, now I'm, I'm getting educated now. Yeah. But anyway, in opposition of that, we'd like you to actually curse the, curse darkness, the darkness and actually complain about something uh, about which you don't plan on making <sighs> any changes or correcting. It's hard. I, I'm a very happy, genuinely happy person. There's very few things where I'm like, eh. But that said, when people, <laughs> when people are driving, I'm sure this is a common complaint, when people are driving and there's two lanes and a person travels into and out of their lane into your lane like as two cars are together and they're both like coming out of a rotary for instance and someone like cuts you off and goes into your lane yeah i hate that (laughs) i won't and i won't i won't honk i'm not a honker Uh, like i don't want to be that person who's like fuck you I just can't bring myself to do it. I want to be like, hey, be safe. Yeah, okay. Love you, you drive carefully. <laughs> You're going to kill somebody with your vehicle. You're not careful. Very mom thing. Like, yeah. You know, just, you know, just want you to be safe. I can't help but honk. Like, <laughs> Is you, your thing? And, but it's not like a mean honk. It's like, I was just like, oh, yeah, I saw what you did there. Do you yeah. try to be like, a beep beep? And like, real... No. Or do you like me? I just want to make sure you you yeah. I I saw what you did. I'm trying to I'm showing my disapproval, but not like mad about not it. Not like yeah. that. Yeah, driving definitely has some triggers for me. Those people who stop at a stoplight and then it turns green and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and they just won't go. Those people, I will honk for them. I'll be like, mm. but it's always like, I'm really sorry I'm doing this beep <laughs> I only honk if I realized I could Beat up the driver of the other car. Oh, so actually, physically. So you get out of your car, you go check out the window, then yeah. hop, like, and hop back like if, in and go. If it comes okay. to throwing hands, like I, I want to know that I'm going to win. I'm going to win every time. That's when I honk. Like I'm okay. going to win every so. time. I could honk. I guess you could honk. I just you no. Know, I don't know. It's, I'm not. I really am truly not that aggressive in the vehicle. I just am like, this is dangerous. I don't really want to be in the car. <laughs> I'm not gonna honk and make matters worse. I just want to get home. I don't. Yeah, but yeah, lane shifters, man. That's my uh-huh. oh, shake your fist and curse the darkness. It's not funny. I wish it was more funny, but no, it's good. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, well, thanks for having me. It was yeah, fun. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that was Sarah Poolin, everyone. That was Sarah Poulin, multi-talented comedian from Auburn, Maine. We're super, super happy to have her on the podcast. That's correct. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> we, no. Leonard, I absolutely agree. I, I love having our, our guests on. I love having, uh, love having Sarah on, and uh, I look forward to all our future guests, um, especially people who are multi-talented singer-songwriters. Yes, I'm. I'm always impressed by people who can entertain people in multiple ways. Clearly. <laughs> Thanks again to everyone who is still listening. <laughs> Tell whatever friends are left to follow Comedy Think Tank to wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five star or a four star. <laughs> Review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us, please, at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Have a wonderful day.
music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of the comedy think tank producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. You ever hear the phrase like a five-tool athlete? <laughs>